Blog Talk Radio. Race fans, you know what time it is. It's time for Race Chat Live. You've got Lee Mama Bear Reed in the house and in large and in charge this evening again. Um, Chris Caution Flag Creighton will be joining us later. He's got one of his boys graduating this evening. Congratulations. And with me is Taz the Flagman Taylor. Hey, Taz. How's it going? Oh, it's going. It's been an interesting couple of days. I got a promotion at work and had to do an inventory last night and totally screwed my sleep schedule and everything else up. So you're lucky I'm here. (laughs) (laughs) But at any rate, 
yeah, it's it's been one of those weeks, and it's only Tuesday, so yeah. But at any rate, we had a big weekend this past weekend at Darlington, our favorite throwback, or my favorite throwback weekend. Um, unfortunately, because of my work schedule, I missed both the truck and Xfinity races. I did manage to come in, walk in the house just as Kyle Larson was being interviewed in victory lane in the Xfinity race and got to see the replay of how he won that race. Um, but I did catch the cup race, so I can I can knowledgeab- knowledgeably speak to that one. Um, so I know you also didn't catch the truck and Xfinity races, but if you want to go ahead and start us off um, – with the recap of what did end up happening um, ultimately in the truck race. Yeah, uh, I know I didn't watch truck and Xfinity during the weekend. Uh, I didn't get to watch the cup race live. I did catch the highlights Sunday, so I do have a general consensus of the cup race. As for truck Friday, I was doing my flagging duties on Friday night and Saturday um, Saturday was kind of a chill out, uh, easy day. Um, I had to do some yard work for my, for my fiance's grandma and, uh, and a couple other things. But anyways, truck race on Saturday, we had Christian Eckes take the win in stage number one. Uh, notables out of there, Matty D finishing third, William Byron uh, running for KBM 51 truck, finishing fourth, Grant Enfinger in fifth, Stuart Friesen in seventh, Bubba Wallace was in this race. He finished eighth in stage one. Uh, we'll go to stage two. William Byron took the win in stage two. Notables out of there, Christian Eckes finishing third, Bubba Wallace fifth, Stuart Friesen, 7th, Grant Infinger, 8th, and a not a name you really hear very often, uh, Timmy Hill in the top 10 uh, after Stage 2, finishing ninth. Um, in terms of the race, Christian Eckes with the race win, Stuart Friesen finishing 2nd, Tanner Gray 3rd, William Byron 4th, Carson Hosevar, the top 5, Raja Carruth, and sixth, Bubba Wallace, seventh, Corey Heim, eighth, Dean Thompson, ninth, and Caden Honeycutt, the top ten. Notables outside of that, uh, Matt Crafton, twelfth, Ross Chastain, thirteenth, Grant Infinger, fourteenth, Tyler Ingram, fifteenth, Corey LaJoy, sixteenth, uh, Ben Rhodes, eighteenth, Haley Deegan, twentieth, Zane Smith, twenty-second, Timmy Hill, twentieth, Matty D, Matt DiBenedetto, twenty-fifth, uh, Ryan Vargas, 27th. Oh, say can you see Johnny Sauter, 28th. Um, let's see here. Ty Majeski, 31st. Chase Purdy, 32nd. Spencer Boy, 33rd. Parker Kligerman, 34th. And Brennan Poole uh, brought up the tail caboose end of the train at the truck race. How about that, uh, Roger Caruso? I think he's someone to keep an eye on. Yeah, he's got decent equipment with GM, GMS. It is GMS Racing. 
after when you go under the – that whole team is weird because you got Legacy Motor Club on the cup side, but it's uh, GMS Racing if you go underneath the cup ladder and um, right you would think you would think they would try to keep one name if you're running if it's pretty much the same owners uh regardless of where in the ladder you fall but it is what it is um it seems like the trucks that ran consistent the whole race long um christian eckes obviously finished winning stage one third and stage two and winning the race um, another one is Stuart Friesen, uh, seventh in stage one and in stage two, and getting a runner-up finish. William Byron, um, KBM Motorsports truck, and to no surprise, really, it should be running up front anyways. Fourth in stage one, first in stage two, fourth when it was all said and done. Carson Hosevar was another one, sixth in stage one, fourth in stage two, and fifth place finish. Uh, when it was all said and done, too. And it seems yeah, like... Yeah, it's, it's good to see Carson running back up front. And it seems like stage one was, but based upon the top ten in the stage, stage one looked like it was heavy uh, Chevy dominance for the most part. I mean, you had Christian Eckes, Corey Heim was the highest Toyota finisher, then all Chevys up until Friesen and Bubba, and then Chevy to finish it out. Stage two looks a little bit more balanced uh, between Chevy and Toyota. And then uh, the first Ford in the race when it, when it was all said and done is actually 12th place by Matt Crafton. Uh, everyone before that is either a Chevy or Toyota. So it kind of makes you think is four, when you sit here and think about it from the truck series down, is Ford just lacking numbers, sponsorships, how is it that Toyota and Chevy always dominate, uh, or or should I say always have the numbers versus Ford? That's an interesting question. You know, how much how much do they really have invested in their driver development program? I mean, you look at Toyota, and their driver development program is probably one of the strongest in the series. But I also want to throw out there that it doesn't appear that the switch to Chevy has had any kind of adverse effect on Kyle Busch Motorsports. Yeah, you would think, um, it seems like Toyota, um, but when you looked on paper, it looked like when KBM left Toyota, and, I mean, really, if you think about it, when Kyle Busch, we'll start with Kyle Busch himself first. When Kyle Busch left Toyota and Joe Gibbs to go over to RCR and Chevy, it looked like a ladder effect. And everyone thought Toyota's development system is starting to plumb, to kind of plummet down because the McAnally team left Toyota to go to Chevy. Um, right. There were, some, there were some Toyota drivers that left or there were some drivers that were running with the Toyota cam that moved over to Chevy. Uh, some of them to mention like Brandon Jones and Xfinity, which Haley will Deegan. hit yeah, Haley. Oh, she, she went over to no Haley Deegan went, uh, stayed with Ford. It, she was with DG, the David Gilliland racing, uh, when they were with Ford. And then when the 
Gilliland Racing switched from Ford to Toyota. Gilliland or Deegan was out, and then Thor Sport made the change from Toyota back to Ford, and kept okay. which helped Deegan in that sense. Um, trying to think, there's I I know I'm missing somebody in the development system with Toyota that went with the Kyle I guess you say the Kyle Bush movement. Um yes, Chris, Christian Eckes started out with Venturini back down in Arca. It was with Thorsport and uh in the Toyota side of things and then uh now he's a McAnally and and uh Team Chevy. Um trying to think who else I I know I'm missing somebody but when I get to there, I, I'll eventually get to there. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it, it's seeming uh, like that when we all thought on paper, when all these changes were from Toyota to Chevy, oh, Chandler Smith, that was the driver thinking of when Chandler Smith left Toyota to go to Chevy. Um, okay. Because he's now with Colin in the Xfinity side. But, anyways... Um, it seems like at first Toyota might have been screwed in terms of the development system, but I think the help of uh, Dave, the David Gilliland team that I think is now called like Tricon Garage or something like that. Uh, it seems like they've may they've gotten something, but in terms of the Ford side, like like we don't know the inner details. Like how is it that they have such limited numbers going from the truck series down because they got the numbers there on the Xfinity and Cup side. Right. So you would, in with with Stewart um, being the big guy over at Ford and always saying that Ford's got a good development program. Do, is he cover? Is he just saying that because he's with Ford and they're paying him the money to say that, or? Or does he really think there's a good development system that's really not developing? I, I don't know. There's some confusion there. Yeah, I've I've never really, you know, I've I've paid attention to the development teams. Obviously, with with all the years that I spent involved with ARCA, um, but Ford's never really been the strong presence, obviously Toyota has dominated ARCA for many years. Um, you know, and, and, and Chevy was usually the, you know, the second behind them, but you really didn't hear much about Ford. So, you know, and, and looking at, you know, like Brad trying to develop uh, RFK and whatnot, and you just don't you you just don't see the same support for Ford in the lower series. At least it's not in your face like Toyota and Chevy are. Yeah, it's it's a weird developing uh, project, and I've always thought about it for a while because um, because of one point when um at one point when Deegan went from Toyota to Ford it was weird cuz like there was not a whole lot of Ford to go with 
and it's still like that to this day. So that's just my concerns. Uh, does Ford development lack something under the Xfinity ladder? Does I don't are they not really invested as we think they are? Well, that's an interesting question, and that's something that uh, we'll have to look into going forward. You know, kind of do do a deep dive into what their development program looks like. So, yeah, how but- about the Xfinity race? We all uh, know how I- it ended. Yeah, some drama between Larson and John Hunter Nemechek. I believe it was. Um, Correct. We'll give the, give the rundown quick. Stage one winner, Kyle Larson. Uh, as we mentioned him, John Hunter Nemechek second. Uh, notables in there, Austin Hill, Cole Custer, Sam Mayer, the top five, Ryan Truex, Sheldon Creed, Brandon Jones, Daniel Hemrick, Brett Moffitt, the top ten. Stage two, won by John Hunter Nemechek, Kyle Larson second. Uh, Justin Allgaier, Sam Mayer, Cole Custer, the top five, Austin Hill, Ryan Sieg, Josh Berry, Parker Kligerman, and Sammy Smith, the top ten. When it was all said and done, Kyle Larson with the win, Justin Allgaier, Cole Custer, Austin Hill, John Hunter Nemechek, the top five, Carson Hosevar, Josh Berry, Sam Mayer, Kaz Grala, Corey Hine, the top ten. Notables outside of there, Sammy Smith, 11th race winners, this season, Parker Kligerman, 13th. Um, let's see here. Good run for Anthony Alfredo of the B.J. McLeod camp. Uh, 15th place finish. Daniel Hemrick, 16th. Ross Chastain, 18th. Ty Dillon, 19th, uh, running a third RCR car. Uh, Brett Moffat, 20th. Brennan Poole, 23rd. Parker Retzlav, 24th. Sheldon Creed, 25th. Jeffrey Earnhardt, 26th. Brian C, 27th, um, Brandon Jones, 34th, got involved in an accident along with Ryan Truex in 35th, Chandler Smith, 36th, and Riley Herbst brought up the the caboose of the train in last place of 38th. Um, it seems like on the Xfinity side, minus the Larson, John Hunter, and uh shebang, it seemed like it was a Larson Nemechek show followed by Austin Hill, Cole Custer, and a Junior Motorsports car. And everybody seems to agree that the uh, ending of the race was simply a racing move. There was no real controversy about it or anything. Um as you know, as opposed to other moves and other races, so that you know it was interesting to see that um there was no outrage over that finish unless you consider the fact that it was a cup guy that ended up winning. I thought it was a racing deal to be honest, um even in the cup broadcast they mentioned when they were talking about Kyle Larson they I guess they're saying that Larson and Nemechek uh, kind of laughed it out, and they both said that it was it was a race hard racing deal. It wasn't there mm-hmm. was no 
heat, no no nothing uh, boiled up against either one of them. Um, both going for the same real estate. And usually when that happens, sometimes everyone involved gets the hit or somebody takes the worst end of the stick while somebody else benefits from it. Um, unfortunately, John right. Hunter Nemechek got bit, got the wrong end of the stick while Larson benefited at, out of it. But um, it's good to see that you could have heart racing um, that could end in this sort of catastrophe. But it didn't hurt John Hunter Nemechek that much. Obviously, come on, right. he came out with a top five finish. Right. And one thing I want to point out, too, a strong points day uh, from a guy that shockingly has been quiet this year for the Xfinity Series, Cole Custer. Right. Uh, A fourth in stage one, fifth in stage two, and third uh, at the end of the race. Um, I mean, that's worth something to to notice because – you would think Cole Custer was, is a heavy favorite to start the season when he went back down, and he's he's been very quiet. Very quiet, but he's got something to prove. Yeah, it can. It makes you wonder: Did they send him down for more development reasons, or do they have, or did they just want him out because? Um, I I think I feel like there's development reasons, but I feel like Tony Stewart uh, wanted him wanted Custer to go down because he maybe saw something in Ryan Priest um, that maybe Cole Custer's not filling in with. Well, I mean, that's my thought. Yeah, it's it, it's kind of a toss up. Was it because they wanted that car open, but they wanted to keep Cole within the the family, or like you said, was it more for a development kind of thing? I mean, I can see the development kind of thing being that at the end of this year, we know the four car is open and we possibly could see the 10 car be open too. So Stuart uh, could have right. potentially could have two cup cars open by the end of the year. Obviously we know Harvick is retiring. So we know there's definitely one car open. We don't know what's going on with Almarola as of yet right now. Um, right. And, of course, everyone yeah, wants and, to say here you know, Go ahead. Well, Al Marola last year, you know, talked about retiring. This year, there's been no talk of him retiring. So that that one's definitely a toss-up. Yeah, definitely. It, it, it's definitely again, a toss-up. And, and I, I, as much as I want to pull for Al in some of these races, I just think that I don't think he was I don't think he's got much left in the cup series if anything at all. I mean he he's never been a top never was and never been a top guy 
Um, right. And we we know there's sponsorship dollars behind him, especially with Smithfield backing him because he had Smithfield when he was with exactly. Um, he had he had Smithfield when he was with uh, Richard Petty in the forty three car, and then when he moved over to Stewart, Smithfield went with him. So we know it's the sponsorship dollars that that is still help backing him right now. But of course, Stewart's got to think of it of whatever driver he pull, he's got to pull in. They got to bring in sponsorship dollars, and with right. how things are looking, and, and can they where, and they can, can they also get a driver that maybe Smithfield could get behind, provided they are willing to stay as a sponsor in NASCAR. Yeah, and that's where I think the Josh Berry conversations have to come in, right? Because, yeah, he's got that KHI management deal, but they're, everyone's thinking Josh Berry because with Kevin Harvick going to the four. Well, regardless if he's going to the four, if that's, if that's a said done deal or if he could be going somewhere on the SHR side, um, or if he's looking in the cup, maybe he's lacking a little bit of sponsorship dollars. And maybe with the KHI backing, he might have that sponsorship uh, cured maybe a little bit more often, um, especially if he's looking to go to cup and maybe joining Stuart Haas, because right now that's the only um, – that's the only lead we got, and Josh Berry is right now the only driver that's been talked about of going from Xfinity to Cup. Right. Right. And, and I'll just reiterate the point that I made last week that, um, you know, just because Josh has signed with KHI does not necessarily indicate that Stuart Haas is where he would land. Right. Because if KHI is, you know, truly just a management company, they're going to secure Josh the best ride they can wherever. But, you know, it it, it does lend itself towards a possible SHR position. Yeah, especially when you start getting sponsorship money involved, um, and we we have to talk about Stuart Haas in a sense too because it sounds like Bush Beer could be leaving Stuart Haas to go to Track House. Um, so that's a big sponsor Stuart Haas could be losing. Um, then, oh, wow. then as we just um, as you just mentioned, Smithfield. If Al Morola leaves, does Smithfield stay or does Smithfield go? Um, that raises the question. So you have to say, right. I think those, those, are, those are two big sponsorships um, that could possibly leave the door. Um, and if Josh, say Josh, say if Josh Berry does go to SHR, does he have that big sponsorship dollar behind him? I would say maybe in a sense right. he might have um, Bass Pro maybe backing him. We don't entirely know that the whole spiel of what goes on behind the scenes. Right. Right, and, and and I think that is what influenced his decision to go with KHI was to help secure sponsorship, so
so that he can secure a cup ride wherever it may be. Yeah, he's um, he's got. I think he has sponsorship dollars, but I don't know how big those dollar signs are, especially when he's gone well, from late model. It. Especially when he's gone from late model racing straight into Xfinity, you know. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. you, yeah, you got you got the sponsorship dollars because of Dale Jr. Uh, with the motorsports team, right? And Josh Berry, pretty, and I hate to say it this way, and I'm not really knocking on the guy, but Josh Berry pr- pretty much landed Bass Pro Shop this year because Noah Gregson is not there. Right. And now, and now the question rises: Does Bass Pro go with Josh Berry, or does he not? And it, by the sounds of it, it doesn't look like they will be. Um. And I believe he's got tire pros um, because of Dale Jr. And I don't think tire pros will leave Dale Jr. Right. Because I believe I believe Dale Jr. is like a spokesperson, kind of like how Kurt Busch is with Monster. Right. So there, there's just a lot of question marks that could, that are floating around, and it's weird that we're talking about silly season type of stuff and sponsorship deals. When we're like what, maybe a third of the way through the season already, or at least a third of the way right. through the regular season, that is. Yeah. So you know, it's it's a little early for silly season, I guess. But there's always things that keep flowing in the back of your mind when it comes to this stuff. Exactly. All right, so let's talk about the cup race at Darlington. The throwback race had some pretty sweet yeah. paint schemes, that's sure. Yeah, the, the first and some two controversy stages, as well. The first two stages, from what I watched, um, I mean, the first two stages were pretty much clean and green. The only cautions that really came out was the, I think, the competition caution and then the stage cautions. um, There was no real drama that happened until stage three. Um, Right. Stage one, um, winner winner of stage one was Martin Truex Jr. Uh, Stage two winner was Ross Chastain. And running the race was William Byron. Kevin Harvick second, Chase Elliott third, Brad Keselowski fourth, Bubba Wallace the top five, Harrison Burns with a shocking finish of sixth place, Kyle Busch seventh, Justin Haley eighth, Ryan Blaney ninth, Chris Buescher the top ten. Notables outside of there, um, pretty much I'll be listing off the picks from our pool this week. Uh, Denny Hamlin in twelfth, Kyle Larson twentieth, Tyler Reddick twenty second, Eric Jones twenty fifth. Martin Truex Jr. 31st, and Daniel Suarez 34th. Um, of course, we had uh, a couple of rundowns, I should say, that happened. Um, and, of course, the little – other than the big one on the backstretch where Eric Jones had the flat tire in turn two that caused the big one on the backstretch, 
Um, it seemed like the big ones, unfortunately, somehow involved Chastain. But the question really seems to be faring of was it his fault or was it not his fault? And I feel like the incident he had with Truex to finish stage two, that's not to Ross Chastain at all. I believe Truex um, went in a little too hot and heavy. And unfortunately, that costed Truex a stage win there. Um, with right. him and Larson, with him and Larson, I don't know because like it looked like Larson was going down, but at the same time, Chastain was coming up. So it's hard to really tell who's at fault. Really, I feel like it's a fifty-fifty deal, at least in my eyes, from how I looked at it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. To me, it looked like Chastain was squeezing Larson a little bit. Yeah, from what I saw, it looked like Larson started coming down, and as soon as he started coming down, Chastain responded by going up. And at that point, I'm not sure. um, At that point, I'm not entirely sure who to put blame on because both of them were trying to squeeze the others. Right, exactly. From how I saw it. And, Um, you know... We'll we'll talk we'll talk about this a little bit more later, but honestly, I think that was a racing incident as well. Others may think otherwise, but I think it was just racing, rough racing. Yeah, true. That could be the deal. Um, I just I, I feel like. It could have – people will think the racing deal, I think both are at fault regardless either way. Um, I mean, both of them were trying to squeeze the other, and it both costed them uh, good races because they were – at least Ross Chastain was a race-winning car. Kyle Larson um, – was not there in stage one, but it seemed like after after the first stage, he was a com- really competitive car. Um, I just I just don't I can't pinpoint one driver entirely at fault for this one. I, right. Honestly, I'm just no, gonna blame. I'm gonna blame both. <laughs> I'm gonna blame the both of them. <laughs> I don't know what else to really say. Well, how about Willie B? Redemption. Yeah, is it? I gotta look back on that. Is it one year ago or is it two years ago? Because Mike Joyce said it was two years ago, it, or no, it might have been Clinton Boyer. And then Jamie Little no. when she did the interview, she said it, one year ago. It was last year. Okay. Yeah, because I remember. Um, it was either Mike Joy or Clint Boyer saying, oh, two years ago, he had the lead up until two laps to go. And then Jamie Lowe said, one year ago, you had it in the bag until two laps to go. And I was like, well, which one is it? <laughs> I was like, somebody doesn't have their history books right. Yeah, no, it was last year. Is that you, Chris? It's me. Oh, look all right. right there. Wow. He's back. Oh, he's back. I got 
titties. <laughs> so we were just finishing right. up talking about the uh, uh, end of the uh, cup race. We well, both missed the I Xfinity and Cup races, so. Well, the Xfinity race, I mean, if you saw how it ended, then you pretty much was for sure on how Kyle Larson was going to get raced uh, at the end of Sunday's race. Um, you know, and, and look, I mean, I believe uh, was it Larson the bad end of the deal the weekend before, so uh, now with Ross Chastain in the wall, uh, who was that one? Joe? Was that was the one? I think I flipped the wall last week. Oh, uh, um, Larson. I think. Uh, trying to think. Rolled last week. I flipped the wall for the win the week before. So. You knew Kyle Larson wasn't going to give Ross Chastain. Ross Chastain knew that he wasn't going to be given it. With it, uh, I don't know if Chris is in a bad signal, but we're like catching almost every other word. I was got. gonna say, Chris, you're you're in and out, bud. But yeah, when does when does Kyle Larson not love the wall? I mean that that's his preferred spot. I watched him race at Eldora, hugging the wall the entire night. And, of course, he ended up getting spun out. But, yeah, exactly. But that's, you know, that's he he loves hugging the wall. All right, so we are ready to pass that stat of the week. So, our stat of the week. Oh, I just had it. Now I lost it. There we go. Now I got it back. Um, from Reported from Adam Stern uh, earlier today, Fox Sports 1 got a 1.43 uh, TV rating and 2.689 million viewers for Sunday's NASCAR race at Darlington versus a 1.45 rating and 2.6. Six one four million last year. That's the fifth straight week of viewership increases for NASCAR, and the race was number was the number two sport of the weekend behind the NBA playoff games. Um, Thanks, Chase. We love you, Chase Elliott. <laughs> Gotta love the <laughs> I mean, man. It's my ass, man. I mean, seriously, we all were like, <laughs> like, there's no way this guy is like the ratings of NASCAR. He comes back, and in five weeks, we have a, a an incline in views. I mean, it's it's crazy ridiculous. But we have a great storyline that's being popped. Oops. Oh, do we lose, do we lose Chris? Oh, boy. I still got him in the studio. Well, anyhow, so the chase effect. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we lost Chris again. All right, well, 
let's go ahead and let's start talking about our hot topics. And hot topic number one is the resurrection of North Wilkesboro. Now, I can tell you, I've had flow racing on all evening, and the ASA race that's supposed to happen tonight that's got a ton of NASCAR names in it is still currently under a weather delay. But yeah. Go ahead. We've got we've got um we've got drivers in the ASA race tonight. Um drivers in the I believe it's the CSA race tomorrow night. Daniel Suarez is the only one who's running both, which I find interesting. But most notably, Kevin Harvick is running the Cars Tour tomorrow night. Yeah, he's running the Cars. Him, him, Dale Jr., uh, shoot, you might have the... I'm trying to think of names off the top of my head. You got the names. I, Go I don't have... <laughs> I don't have... Yeah, no, I don't, I don't have the whole list in front of me, but, um, yeah. It, it's... Uh, well, my, my big thing, my big takeaway is, you know, uh, Kevin Harvick running the um, 29 number. And that's that's real oh, interesting. For the, oh, for the uh, All Star race, you're talking, right? I know for the car for the car tour, he's running his own 62 number. Okay, okay. I I misunderstood that then. I thought I thought it was the other way around, but but no, yeah, he's so, got his, you know he's got his 62 for the. Uh, the Cars Late Model race. Um, speaking of the Cars Late Model race, Jordan Taylor is going to be racing, um, I believe, not the Late Model stock, but the pro, I believe he's running the Pro Late Models. Uh, the, who, the kid who we saw filling for Chase Elliott at Coda is going to be running his, I think, he, I think he said this is his first oval race, if I'm not mistaken. Well, that's interesting. I also think it's interesting to see uh, Junior run run the late model race as well. Yeah, that's not to no surprise. I I mean, he's it was bound to do it when he pretty much took over the part ownership of the Cars Tour, especially when last year when he when he raced um, one or two times at North Wilkesboro, um, when they had the big uh, late model shebang to kick off the North Wilkesboro season. If you really think about it. So me, so me amigo, he's doing triple duty this weekend. He's oh, running. Boy the ASA, the Cars Tour, and the Cup Race. 
Do you think that's going to give him an an advantage? Um, I don't. I don't see it as advantage, being that the Cup car, in my honest opinion, is unlike any other car. I see it as this is additional track time, um, because I don't really know if they're getting much practice time, if any at all, uh, for the all-star race. Um, I'm trying to look up the weekend info. They're only getting one practice session, and that's it. So, I mean, I feel like Suarez kind of um, running a couple additional outside races uh, could be beneficial in terms of uh, track information, track time, uh, know what the track's doing at certain points. Um, I don't see it as advantage. I just see it as track time. Well, and and but track time is an advantage for three quarters or or more of the group that have never raced at this place. Um, You know, it's funny, watching Race Hub earlier, and they were making uh, comments about how um, a lot of the drivers today weren't even alive the last time NASCAR raced at Wilkesboro. Um, you know, so we're we're talking about the resurrection of the track. If anybody ever watched um, Junior's series about old tracks, and I can't I can't think of the name of it off the top of my head, um, but it was on Peacock, and he would. He and his team would go to these tracks that had been abandoned, and right. they would. Oh, I know what you're talking about. It, yeah, they would dig into the research, the history of the tracks, and and show what they look like today with the weeds and the trees taking over and everything. And what? There you that? go, Chris. Thank you. Lost speedways. There you go. Right. Yep. Yeah. You know, I I found that I found that series absolutely fascinating, and to see how they've transformed North Wilkesboro is just amazing. You know, to make it. It was as far gone as as some of the tracks on Junior Series, but just to see how they've transformed it into a a, a raceable track again. And they didn't totally replace the track, which I found interesting. Yeah, they kept the, um, you know. Well, originally what they were going to do, if you remember right, um, originally they were they were keeping the old pavement when they got the track running 
and then um, when they then they were going to put down um, dirt to do some North Wilkesboro dirt races, and then after that they were supposed to I guess do a repave, and then they changed their mind. They canceled the dirt idea, um, and then they just said they're going to keep the pavement that's there, but I guess make improvements on it. If I am under, if I remember and understand correctly of what uh, the original plans were, what they actually did. Sorry, I'm 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 busy looking stuff up here. Um, no problem. Taz, you're right, though. This truck was resurrected. Um, I believe that's the topic that we're on. Pardon uh, uh, what's going on in the background there. I'm still uh, celebrating with my kids and all, but uh, I definitely wanted to chime in on, uh, on on the resurrection of North Wilkesboro. You know, this was, this was basically Dale Jr. coming out to the racetrack and running an iRacing uh, program through it just to save the racetrack for future gaming references. And that's that's how this happened, right? That's how this whole idea. Look, I don't know about y'all, but I've been really, really, really trying to get pictures of what this place looks like now because the last time that they showed up there, the buildings were dilapidated and falling in and, you know, just really, and everybody was making a big deal about this place. I'm like, my goodness, you know. Like, is OSHA even going to allow them to open the doors, right? But obviously, they have made a major transformation. If we had pictures, access to those kind of pictures, uh, just to see the difference in where we began and where we are now, uh, it's night and day. It it is hyper crazy to know that most of the generational fans now have never seen or witnessed a race at North Wilkesboro. And for for it to all come back now um, is absolutely amazing. I think they said the last repave was 1981 or 82. Uh, you know, I, I was I was a year old, uh, two years old. Um, so that's uh, that has been 30, 40, 40 to 41 years. Jeez, jeez, Louise. Um, yeah, so only a few, a handful of those drivers were actually even alive uh, the last time that it was repaid, and and, and even uh, even fewer uh, were actually born the last time that a race was was there. Uh, it, it is really cool to see the racing community come together and make this happen with North Wil- North Wilkesboro uh, after a crappy Texas All Star race. I uh, think that this is perfect, right? Um, the resurrection of North Wilkesboro. And we don't know what kind of race we're going to have, but I guarantee it's probably going to be pretty damn good. I would hope so, being oh, I a, not only a short track, but you got money on the line here, too. And uh, when you got a short track and money, you're only asking for one thing beat, bang, excitement. So that's more like three things, but either way. Exactly. I am kind yeah. of concerned no, about Darlington, North Wilkesboro, and then Charlotte. 
that is, you know, that that's the area of grassroots racing that is, uh, you know, NASCAR country in that area. But you're asking a lot of the people of North Carolina and South Carolina and the surrounding areas to be able to support all three functions. And, uh, you know, if we got back to the good old boys of racing and how it used to be in the old days, you wouldn't even have the same crowd going from one racetrack to the other, but I just, I'm not sure if that's still prominent in that area. Um, I, I have the privilege of, of being in the transportation business. I transport a lot of people who are as well in the transportation business. And the moment they say they're from North Carolina or South Carolina, you know, Taz Taylor, Miss Lee Reed, the first, the ne- very next question I'm going to ask is, uh, you know, what, do you, do you like racing, right? Because that's NASCAR country. If you're from South Carolina or North Carolina, you're more than likely going to know uh, about NASCAR or something. And, and you know, more, more often than not, they have uh, heard of the sport. Whether or not they're a fan, that's probably on the lower end of it, you know. Um, but uh, definitely it puts a strain in that area of being – I know I couldn't afford to go to back-to-back uh, races, especially the – the ticket prices that I've seen for the North Wilkesboro event, uh, it's, it's mighty pricey. What do you guys think about that? Is it, is it going to put a strain on the attendance, being that we went to Darlington, South Carolina, and now to North Wilkesboro, uh, and then and then to Charlotte? I I can see what yeah. you're saying, Chris, but I don't – I want to say – to me, I want to say no. And the reason why is because North Wilkesboro Resurrection – this is the first Cup Series race in in a cup in a couple decades. Um, I mean, people have been going nuts over this. They've been looking forward to this. Um, and then the Coke 600. I mean, pretty that's a milestone race. That that sells itself. Mm-hmm. So I feel like this, there. I don't think there will be a strain in attendance. Um, in my honest opinion. Ms. I know when we we had a time in our lives where we had a little bit of money. And we went to one, two, three, four yeah, four or five races in one year. Um, you know, it, it was within our area. Um, it was uh, Mid-Ohio. It was Kentucky. It was Eldora. Um, <clears throat> you know, but that that was a flush time in our life. I don't, right. you know, I don't know in today's economy how many people can afford to go to all of those races, but loyal NASCAR fans who are going to go to their regular races year on. to year regardless. Who might try to add an extra race if they can afford it? Um, so I, you know, 
I don't I don't know how that's going to affect the fan base having so many races, you know, within that small cluster. But look, you know, look at what they do, you know, when they try to cluster the West Coast races. And I know that's from a team and industry perspective, more than from a fan perspective. But I think you're going to have your loyal fans show up at the, at their regular races and, like I said, maybe try to add one if they can. Right, right. I, I can see definitely the diehards are the ones that are going to be at the North Wilkesboro race and uh, possibly, uh, you know, probably would make it to the Coca-Cola 600. Um, Darlington is still just a, a major uh, bad taste in my mouth because not only was it run on Mother's Day weekend, but they had the uh, the, the throwbacks that didn't seem to have the lackluster, the lackluster that it had uh, beforehand. Um, and then the start time was absolutely ridiculous, but I believe that's coming up later on in, in our topics. Um, but um, uh, once again, I, I hope that it's not too much for that little area. Uh, of course, NASCAR wants to branch out and be all over the nation. But, the, you know, in this little month, and it, if you include Martinsville, I guess, uh, um, you know, that, that that race wasn't that far away either. Um, you guys got anything else on the resurrection of North Wilkesboro? I kind of want to tie this into um, a topic we're going to be late. We're going to be talking about later on um, in the show, and that if you guys notice, some drivers are running throwback teams for this weekend for the All Star festivities, and we just had Throwback Weekend. It, and I kind of, and you guys don't need to answer this now, but at least think about in the back of your mind until we get to this point later in the show, it could this, could, if the All-Star race, or maybe if North Wilkesboro somehow, someway gets a cup uh, points-paying race, could we see North Wilkesboro become the new home for the throwback race instead of Darlington? Again, don't answer it now. Keep it in the back of your mind and flow on it so we get to the right topic. All right, moving on. <laughs> and and I have to laugh, Chris, because this took me a minute to get it. But complaint, is it good for NASCAR? And for those who are slow like me, that's a play on last name. Yeah, because once again we're at this we're at this crevices where every news channel that you find with NASCAR on it, everybody's complaining about Ross Chastain. Ross Chastain is the new Kyle Busch, and we've seen that effect for years. Anytime Kyle Busch did anything, all it was was Kyle Busch, 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 Kyle Busch. Well. <laughs> Somehow or another, that's been erased, and we are now in the Ross Chastain 
complain era. And uh, it's really, in a way, it's it's made some people turn the TV off. I really do. I, I feel like it's, uh, um, it's a little bit too much, especially when the bully, when they're calling the bully the bully that's bullying the basic team that has bullied everybody for the last 20, 30 years in, in NASCAR Cup Series racing, right? And how does Ross Chastain come to the board here? Now, all of a sudden, he's the bully. When it's, you know, who was, when they lined up on that restart, it was one Ross Chastain, 300 cars. Come on, man. Is, is all the complaining good for NASCAR? I'm not sure, but it does keep the headlines rolling. I want to know you guys' thoughts. Exactly. Who are we talking about? What are we talking about? And when I say we, I'm talking about all sports, motor car sports media. It's Ron mm-hmm. Chastain. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's keeping it, it's it, it it's paying our bills. It's feeding us storylines. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I I I think you are absolutely correct in comparing him to Kyle Busch because it's controversy and. You're right, it is turning some people off because I myself am getting kind of tired of it. But it's keeping people talking, it's keeping people active, and maybe, just maybe, it's drawing more eyes to the sport. And it's helping Mm -hmm. us media outlets like podcasts and news outlets and whatever topics to talk about and we've been saying for weeks before this Ross this Ross Chastain shebang deal uh, for the last two or the three weeks we need drivers to shine be a star you know show some personality we're tired of this bland exactly. BS we're mm-hmm. tired of this bland BS we keep getting Chastain comes out and right. everyone's like oh we're complaining I'll throw back to a couple of tweets I forgot to read out last week. Um, uh, here we go. So about the Ross Chastain Noah Gregson deal. Okay, one uh, one tweet I caught from uh, Joey Stone uh, at Joey Stone underscore eight that says. Oh, my God. Now, some of y'all are mad that Noah confronted Ross. The incident wasn't anything crazy, but dang, y'all. Make up your mind. About time someone about time someone went up there and showed frustration for not only himself, but the field. Good on Noah. Keep it coming. Another tweet that says, good on anyone getting up and showing Ross they didn't like how they were raced. Yeah, just because you ended up five laps down or whatever doesn't mean anything. You're all racing on the track. You got to let the person know he did you wrong. I mean, we're all sitting here saying we're tired of this bland personality deal. Ross Chastain does what he has been doing. Noah Gregson confronts the dude, and everyone's sitting here like, oh, we don't like how this is going. 
y'all complain about the damn bland personality. Now we got personality and crap going on, and now you're saying, oh, we don't want it anymore. I'm just pissed that they didn't now get a return punch in. Yeah. That guy, you want him as your bodyguard, too, though. <laughs> My goodness gracious. He caught the punch in midair. I mean, that's, that's how accurate he was. Look, you know, as we've said here, it creates storylines. You guys do realize that Ross Chastain only has two career cup wins. That's how early in this we are. That's how that's how small this seed is. Um, and Ross is being talked about not just in cup racing, but he's being talked about in IndyCar. He's being talked about in Formula One. I mean, the personality. It's more than just Ross Chastain. It's more than the name. It's the watermelon farmer. It's the blue collar. It's the, he's got a lot of natural talent, but he's wild-haired. Isn't that all the storybook features that you need to have a villain or a hero in the sport, right? He's, he's somebody we can talk about. Um, and think, you go back to Kyle Busch last year winning one race. We we were so used to Kyle Busch carrying the show that last year we didn't have much to go to in controversy because he was he was irrelevant. And now you know he's been kind of irrelevant this year as well. Though he's got two wins, but he's just not. It's just the Bush name doesn't go like it did. Now Ross Chastain's here to save the day. Now the unfortunately, as we've said. It's going to get blasted by the media, and the call-in shows are just devastating. But you know what? When you sit down and you listen to a Denny Hamlin podcast or the DBC podcast or whichever one that you prefer to listen to, hopefully it's Race Chat Live, uh, you'll find that there's so much more to talk about other than Ross Chastain. And it's okay. Like, that's great. We want more than one storyline. And – each week, NASCAR has been able to continue uh, uh, raising the stakes on what the storyline is. Like, you know, Darlington was the throwback. Now we're going to the all-star race. Then it's the Coca-Cola 600. It's almost like for the last five weeks, man, we've been on a roller coaster, right? Uh, an amazing ride that's uh, been uh, seeing us pushing the ratings out of the, out of the roof. Well, I mean, you know, maybe far-fetched by the but only one weekend have we been beaten by any other sport played, right? And that's significant. We even had a higher viewing than the ooh, Formula Ooh. You know what I mean? Like all the hoopla over Formula One, and we still had better ratings than that. Ross Chastain, thank you. Chase Elliott, thank you. Kyle Busch, thank you. We need these storylines. Ryan Blaney? You're doing a great job of keeping your name in this, in this too because everybody's wondering if you're ever going to win again. Martin Truex Jr., great job. You know, the storylines keep on moving. Who's the best race car driver this year up to this point? He's got three wins. I've been telling you since Daytona, Willie B. Willie B., that's who to watch. Storyline after storyline after storyline. 
Unfortunately, the sport gets more caught up in the negative than they do ever do the positive, and that's why Ross' complain is in full effect because they're giving they've been given a voice to something, and they're going to voice their negative opinions toward a certain driver. Right now, that's Ross Chastain. Chastain. Now, the, you mentioned Willie and, D in this whole deal, right? The question now. We all thought to each other in the first five races of the season, you know, when Willie B was winning, it was red hot then. We're all, and then all of a sudden he kind of like, he he's up in front, but not where we saw him in the first five races, right? Um, where he was constantly competing for the league, or uh, right in the, in the right place, right time to win the race when it was uh, at the last, you know, number of laps. We sit here and we were thinking, did Willie B kind of, you know, fall off the winning deal? Um, was the was the William Byron coming out of the Chase Elliott shadow deal just just there because Chase Elliott came back and Willie B's not running where he was? Like you have those question drives, and it seems like Darlington seems to be the could be a turning point for him because we've, I mean, minus the Daytona, um, the Daytona race that he had to win again to the playoffs. When has William Byron won races around the first five races of the season? And then we don't really hear or see much of him after that. And, Chris may be on to something. We could be seeing William Byron finally step out of this little shadow uh, that he's been under. And I hate to take away the subject of Ross Chastain deal, but as Chris mentioned, there's more to NASCAR than just Ross Chastain. And here we are, we're talking about William Byron and a Ross Chastain topic. Right. Well, I mean, that's the whole idea yeah. is because the the complaint. I mean, that's that's what's created this topic. Miss Lee. And what ahead, happened Lee. to NASCARs? What happened to NASCARs? Let boys be boys. Let the boys have at it. Hey, like, you know, I think Denny, that I think whole thing like, was. God, I, mean, I think Denny mentioned in his podcast uh, after that confrontation, um, he said that Gregson can definitely take a punch, but they should have they should have broken that up after Gregson got in a punch back or two. I mean, if you're gonna let boys be boys, I mean, Shastain got his punch in. Let Gregson throw in his punch, then break it up. I'm with well, Denny and, on that and, deal. and that's. And then that, that's what I said earlier was I, I wish they would have let Gregson get a, a punch in as well. But, you know, it's it's a funny, funny thing because, again, as previously mentioned, you know, NASCAR fans want action. They want excitement. They want controversy. But yet... When controversy comes up, they're all like, oh, no, 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 no. You know, 
it's it's one or the other, guys. We're either going to let these guys be themselves, race like they want to race, race like they have to race, and take it out on each other after the races, like they did in the good old days. Before they blossomed, 
Um, because it is a hell of a learning right. curve, and you got to learn how to win. you got to learn how to win in this sport. Yeah, you can run up front, you can have a fast car, but you got to learn how to win. And what it showed me on that last restart was that Ross Chastain knew what he had to do to beat the bully. And that was, if it takes us both out, at least he's not going to win the race either. I respect that. If I'm not going to win, I'm not going to let you win either. And uh, unfortunately, you know, unfortunate for the five, uh, for the 24 machine, he's in victory lane. And uh, he'll, uh, you know, he'll, he'll be the one to hold the trophy. Uh, but it was really Ross Chastain and Kyle Larson that sold tickets for the next race to Darlington, I promise you. Exactly. All right, so let's talk about Mother's Day start times. And should we throw always the throwbacks? Start time is ridiculous. You had two for sure weekends in the race in the racing year that you know are going to be guaranteed family day, days, and that's Easter, Sunday, and Mother's Day. They learned the lesson from Easter the year before, but they said, okay, well, you know, it was because of the sunshine and the dirt uh, was dusty and stuff. But I really thought somewhere or another they realized that by 6 o'clock in the evening on Easter, most people are, are either at home or they're at least in front of the, the dinner table, maybe the TV, maybe having that late evening uh, gathering. At the same time, it still kind of keeps the door open to be able to watch something. I mean, every family event I've ever gone on, it's not like they turn the TV off, right, Doug? I mean, I don't know what area you're from, but wherever we go, it's for uh, – uh, Christmas or Thanksgiving or whatever it may be, we're going to find the ball game that's on, right? That's part of the talking points that you have at family get-together. So to miss that and start in the middle of the day when people were out in the lunch in the the uh, spring evening with their mothers or their loved ones, um, NASCAR expected us to get in front of the TV, and they expected fans, to, mothers, to sacrifice their one weekend to go to the racetrack with the husbands and the boys and the young girls. Well, I mean, you know, um, I think NASCAR could do a better job at that. Like, uh, do y- are y'all in agreement that the start time was absolutely ridiculous? Why isn't the throwback race a Saturday night race is what I want to know. Why is it not a night race period like it used to be? Exactly, exactly. This isn't the Southern 500, and I've never understood how the throwback somehow got pushed from the Southern 500 over to this May race. I I don't – who – decided because the whole idea was the Southern 500 was the throwback race, which brings up what you said earlier, Taz Taylor, about is it time to move the throwback? Because obviously, Darlington's done screwed it up. Like, are we doing two throwbacks? Are we just doing one throwback? I understand it's on the cusp of the Indianapolis 500. We just left the Kentucky Derby, and they kind of want to keep that vibe going between the – but, guys, come on, seriously. 
Like, it's Mother's Day weekend. That's, you know, that in itself should not have an overlapping event, right? Uh, It should be, if you're going to have a race on Mother's Day, then by gosh, surround yourself with mothers and make it a mother event, you know? Um, You know, uh, save the throwbacks for the Southern 500, right? Um, The start time was uh, unfortunate, and the throwback just seems to be misplaced. Miss Lee? I, you know what? I like the idea if we're going to continue racing at North Northboro to make that the throwback race, it's our race. I like the throwback. I, I, I don't want to see the throwbacks go away, but it you know it it needs to have its own unique niche as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, um, I, you know, I think that uh, dedicating like a '90s or '80s throwback is maybe something that they should look into. Um, you know, celebrating what era. We, we need to celebrate in, whether it's the 80s era, the 90s era, the 2000s era. I think all those are moving us into the direction of saying, wait a minute, where is the common, uh, uh, what is it, the, the, the noticeability? Back in the 80s and 90s, these cars were noticeable, and it didn't matter who was behind the wheel. You could, pick, you could look at the poster, and it could bleed together, and you could say, that's Brent Bodine. That's uh, Ricky Rudd right there in the Tide car. That's uh, the Interstate Batteries car right there. That's the that's the Dale Earnhardt car. That's the Davy Allison car, right? I mean, we could look at that poster board and it'd be half blurred out, and we could name whose cars are. There's the Kodak car, you know. Um, and, and so we've gotten away from that over the years, and I feel like, you know, that that's a major. Uh, correction, the NASCAR has got to figure out how to get these cars back to that, where even if they have a sponsor, that car is recognizable. And let me tell you, it can be done. It can be done because it's done in other sports, like Formula One. All the team cars are the same color. I mean, you know who's Alpha Prime. You know who's uh, Mercedes. You know who's Ashton Martin because they're all the same color, the team cars. Now, I'm not saying that I want to see that in NASCAR, but we can have sponsors own a car and not necessarily influence the color of the car. Like, the color of the car could be the same. And I'm not – I don't know how you guys feel about that, whether or not you think that uh, – but I, I do know that product noticeability is is a big factor. And from week to week, you don't know – Who's in what car? The Celsius brand, my goodness. You can't just look out there and see Celsius and know what car they're sponsoring because they sponsor five different cars. Um, You know, uh, it's great that they're putting money into the sport, but at the same time, it's brand recognition, but not driver brand recognition. I think those two matter. What are you guys' thoughts on it, Taz? I'm going to go with you this time. So, I'm with... I'm with Lee. Don't get rid of the throwback weekend. Um, 
if we keep North Wilkesboro, regardless if it's an all-star race, regardless if we somehow make it a cups point, a cup points paying race, uh, I would honestly prefer the throwback weekend to move to North Wilkesboro. I feel like Darlington, since the since the deal of the Southern 500 race um, being the playoff opener, uh, and you have to have, and with the playoff cars, you have to have um, the special colored uh, banners uh, and the spoilers and stuff like that. You can't have those on the throwback cars, which I give props to Darlington for moving the throwback weekend from. Uh, the Southern 500 Labor Day weekend to uh, the first time the the first time we would go to Darlington. Uh, the only the only thing I feel like they've they've missed on that mark is the time frame running in the day instead of night. Which I believe if you're going to run a throwback uh, race, it needs to be at nighttime, right? Um, that's just my honest opinion. I don't like seeing throwbacks on being ran in the day. Only because, like, some of these throwbacks, right, I feel like they're more recognizable when you run them under the lights. And I've always seen throwback Darlington races being ran under the lights for the most part that I've watched NASCAR, not ran during the day. So right. uh, I would prefer the throwbacks to, to stay. In terms of what the – and, Chris, I get what you're saying, you know, kind of go with, like, a certain theme for a throwback weekend. In my honest opinion, I like the openness of throwbacks. The only deal, the only pickiness type of deal I have when it comes to throwbacks is I want to hear the story behind it. Like, yeah, I want to see the cars that make me go, oh, I remember back then with that. But if there's a throwback theme that I may not know about, right, I would like to hear, like, is there some sort of attachment to it? Like, the, um, I'm trying, trying to think of a good one. Um, I think it was the Tony Stewart scheme, throwback scheme that Chase Briscoe did, right? I didn't know that scheme until uh, they announced the details of it. I'm like, oh, this was Tony Stewart's use that car. And I'm like, okay, I see the connection. I see the story. I like that throwback. It makes sense, right? Um, you go to, say, a throwback, um, like I'm going to use RCR, and they completely threw everyone for a left curveball on this stupid deal. Um, when they released their throwback, and I'm using air quotes for that one, for Kyle Bush, they said, "Oh, we're going to throw it back to Kyle Bush's first win with RCR." I'm like, "That's not a freaking throwback! Are you goddamn kidding me right now?" <laughs> The Lucas Oil one, <laughs> or the black and but, um, Yeah, I think it was the Lucas Oil. One. And oh, here's a good throwback that was that was ran but completely failed. Kevin Harvick's throwback from uh, this past weekend in Darlington. It was supposed. It was a throwback to the paint, to the paint scheme of his original <clears throat> Cup debut, which was the the Jeff Green number thirty AOL car. That was what the throwback was, but I guess um, I guess the sponsor wow. kind of said, no, you have to use our colors or something. And you look at Harvick's car and you sit there like, 
um, that's a throwback. Like we're supposed to recognize that. Yeah, yeah. I didn't, I thought it was just like some funny like, the, you, like when they said the stories, like that's not there's that's not a good story behind it. There's no attachment. Yeah, okay, that's the it's supposed to rep, or resemble this, but if it's supposed to resemble that, then actually try to resemble it. Don't just make up your own bullshit. You know, throw in my colors because my colors are better. <laughs> like, no, don't throw the fucking crap in there. Sorry for my little right, language. Right. I mean, no, 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 it's, it's exactly right. I mean, sponsors shouldn't control the color of the damn car. Yeah, sure. The Lucas Oil car was really cool. It was blue. It was big Lucas Oil colors and all, and that's fine and dandy. But if NASCAR put a standard in and said, look, your car should be you, – you need to submit your design of your car color, and it has to be approved. And, you know, I don't know if you would see a flock of everybody going to black race cars, but I, I guarantee you it would probably be about three colors. So it's probably a really bad idea um, to, to try to color code the cars. But there needs to be some kind of brand recognition if not the product brand, then at least the brand of the driver, right? Well, if you remember, if you remember, Chris, um, this is where sponsors can really play in the throwback deal. Um, you look at, you go back to the Starcom racing days, right? When they threw back to the Sterling Marlin Coors Light car, obviously they didn't have Coors Light as a sponsor. So what did Starcom do? They took the sponsor for that weekend, and they played along with it. They changed the logo to match uh, similar to the Coors Light logo. If sponsors right. could, you know, just follow that, if, if you can't land the actual sponsor, I mean, I know it's hard to bring back a sponsor. Like, you, like a lot of people are giving Ross Chastain uh, the huge credit in Trackhouse Racing because they brought back an old sponsor for at least one race, and it was a throwback race. They threw it back to Dale Jarrett. With the UPS, they got UPS on the car. It like they nailed it on the on the on the head of the coffin. You go to um, Ricky Stenhouse's Dale Jarrett throwback. They had the scheme, but the sponsor didn't play along with it. They didn't get the UPS sponsorship, but they, their sponsor could have at least tried to play along with it instead of just throwing your usual nonsense on there besides changing, you know, the colors. I like Chris's idea of honoring an era. So pick, uh, you know, a, a particular year or maybe, you know, a, a couple of years. And I also like your idea, Taz, that you mentioned of trying to get those old sponsors back for just the one race. Of course, that might be difficult with, um, you know, them not allowing tobacco sponsors and stuff like that. But, you know, it's a thought. It's an idea of making it really significant and narrowing it down and making it more driver-sponsor specific. I 
if we were to play along of everyone's ideas and whatnot for throwback weekends, let's say we have two throwback weekends, right? So we'll do Darlington, for example. We'll keep that as an open throwback weekend. Uh, you can run any throwback you want. Personally, for me, if you're going to run a throwback, I feel like there should be some sort of attachment either to the team of some kind or to the driver. Like, obviously, uh, there was quite a few uh, throwbacks this past weekend that of the father-son throwback, right? Chase throwing back to Bill Elliott during the Everham days. Uh, Ryan Blaney throwing back to his dad's sprint car. Um Ryan Priest, I believe, did a throwback to his dad's late model days. You know, I like the story of chat, the attachment. As I mentioned, Chase Briscoe throwing it back to Tony Stewart's USAC racing days. Um, and then if you if North Wilkesboro is on the schedule and if people want to run throwback, put a theme in there, you know, like do like a 90s throwback theme. Do a 70s throwback team. At least North Wilkesboro can do a throwback, can still be part of the throwback deal. Yeah. Well, at least have a team. Make the teams work for it. Make the teams think, you know? Yeah. Well, and, 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 and the throwback was, you know, I think uh, a way to lure old sponsors back in, give the the, the brand recognition, Uh some credit. What I mean, what would you throw if you were to throw back to this era? You know, twenty years from now, what what you know, there'd be some odd schemes, right? We wouldn't know what to really throw back to. So that in itself, it is an alarming situation. All right, it, when you when you start to analyze that, so basically we are we are honoring something that we are no longer in tradition of doing, which you know, I think should open our eyes and say, hey, look, there's a reason. And now it's gotten completely out of control because we're not even trying to recognize something that we would – we're not even trying to recognize something we would recognize. Now we're just recognizing something to recognize it, right? Uh, we, we're just making something like Tony Stewart's USAC car. Who knew, that, who knew that that was Tony Stewart's? Like you said, you didn't recognize it. So – we've gotten completely off of the whole idea of why we were doing a throwback. Um, you know, if, if you don't know that that's uh, uh, such and such as car by looking at it, then I think it kind of defeats the purpose. When we were seeing those uh, Dale Earnhardt themes and the Richard Petty throwbacks and the, the uh, what was that one, uh, the, the, the ghost-looking car, the, the 1981 uh, Buddy Baker car, uh, you, you know the Die Guard, Mountain Dew car. You know those, the, all those. That was what the throwback was supposed to be about. But instead, now, you know, it's throwing back the throwback. Kyle Busch's win earlier in the season, uh, as of what was already stated here. It's it's kind of gotten out of hand. There needs to be some boundaries. If you're going to make this, when when Major League Baseball does throwback uniforms, they do it right, right? They do it right. I mean, you may not recognize those those uh, throwbacks either, but everybody's in the same era. Everybody's in the same. Uh, you know, everybody's dressed the same. So, um, yeah, there's got to be some organization in it. That's where I kind of throw in like, if we keep North Wilkesboro on the schedule of some sort of kind, let Darlington be an open throwback weekend. Like, 
drivers can do any throwback they want. Personally, for me, if you're going to do a throwback, do it right. You you either get the sponsor that hasn't been there in a while and come back for at least that one race. Or you have the sponsor, you know, the current sponsor that you have, uh, let them play along to the old sponsor you're supposed to be throwing back to. Um, or if they're, or at least whatever throwback scheme you're doing, have some sort of story attachment to it. It may not be a throwback people may, may necessarily know, but at least if there's a good story behind it um, or some good uh, attachment to it, you know, that's great. Like the 48 throwback was a throwback to the spotter. Um, I, I don't remember. I'm trying to remember the story behind that, but I know some some attachment to the spotters. And you normally don't see throwbacks in honor of the spotters. You know, I, I like the attachment there. Um, but I feel like if North Wilkesboro stays on the schedule and people want to do throwbacks, throw in, throw in some sort of fun with it. You know, do a theme. Do like the 70s theme. Do like an 80s theme. Or shoot, do do like 2010 to 20 throwback there, even though it's not very right. much far of a throwback, <laughs> but still. Yeah. Yeah, the, the only, the only thing... The only thing I disagree with what you say, Taz, is that I I think we should only have the one throwback weekend. Otherwise, I agree with everything you said. Okay. And with I, that, and, I, and I'll stand with you. I, I stand with you on that as well, uh, Miss Lee. Uh, let's move on to the final hot topics, Cousin Carl versus Father Time. We would like to open All I can say, all I can say is Cousin Carl still looks fine. And laugh at me I all you want. I like Cousin Carl. <laughs> <laughs> He's a sucker for the smile. Actually, honestly. I, I think I think he did an excellent job in the booth, and for the time that he has been away in track, he was the most relevant guest commentator of all, and he obviously misses racing. I think that we will see him back in some way, shape, or form, whether it's SRX or a couple race deal in NASCAR, whatever. But he misses racing big time. I got that. Who, who see cousin Carl pulling off his helmet, Hold on. fixing his Hold hair? On. Ready for this one? Hair the way that he used to do. Hold on. Ready for this one? Instead of baby come back, it's Carl come back. You can come yeah. back to racing. <laughs> no, I don't Absolutely. want him to come back full time. No, I don't want him to come back full time, y'all. His, his time is done. He is the Barry Sanders of NASCAR. Um, 
he wa- the Andrew Luck of football. Uh, he walked away in his prime, and uh, it, it will always be a what might have been. I don't want to. I don't want to lose that perception of him. We're going to see oh. Jimmy Johnson come back to a sport that's left him already. So I want to. I feel as good no, as good looking as Carl Edwards is, and as great as what it looks like, he would just fit right back in that seat. He's not raced in five years, and that's that's no, rough. Chris. I don't want to see him come back full-time either. And I don't think he wants that. But to see him the seat here and there once in a while, I, th- I personally think he could handle that. And I think that's what he wants. A, a one-off here and there, He's not. He will not come back to racing full time. His wife's right. not going to let him. Right. But she might let him do one here or there. Do these drivers of the names of Carl Edwards, Kevin Harvick, Dale Jr., uh, Ryan Newman, do these guys carry such a hold on racing that if they went and say they decided to run cars? series full-time, would they have in any form or fashion um, a competition to possibly NASCAR? Because I really feel like if you took the group core of racers that have retired uh, here recently from the NASCAR Cup Series, and you put them on a racetrack at North Wilkesboro in a car series or um, uh, even uh, Five Flags or uh, what's the Hickory Motor Speedway, and you put a camera crew there and you filmed it or you, you did a live show of this, I, 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 I just believe with my heart uh, that, those, that those drivers still have a hold of their fan base. And it's the fan base that creates and keeps the market of NASCAR flowing. These drivers... In our hearts, I feel like retired before they, before we were ready for them to, including Carl Edwards. I mean, he's a perfect example of this, right? Uh, the guy looks like he's able to, you know, wheel a race car to championships back to back. I mean, it's probably done his body great to step away uh, from the race car, and so he looks even better. I know Mark Martin, that man looked like he had gotten out of a, a, a fire pit every time I'd ever seen him. The guy didn't look, he didn't look. Young, he looked old and like that guy who never stops a leather face. I mean, just never stops working out. Carl Edwards is quite the opposite. The guy's a good-looking guy. He's uh, stepped away from racing. He's no longer uh, has the stress of of uh, what's going on. And we've seen similar when Andrew Luck did his uh, did the pregame show with the uh, Super Bowl uh, this past year. The guy was skinny. He had a big smile. He was very. Uh, but at the same time, you put them back into the league and, and they wouldn't perform. But now you create this other league or you put all these guys like what we're going to see here at North Wilkesboro. I'm telling you, I just feel like uh, there there could be a whole new racing uh, league created and would have a heavy, heavy hand in the viewerships that, that would come along to watch it. 
that's an interesting thought. But that's but that's why I mentioned Carl maybe going to, to uh, SRX. You know, uh-huh. it, it would be a good introduction for him back into the racing series. I agree. But you know, again, like I said, I think Carl's kept up on shit. Twenty-five cents for the swear jar, but um, he was he was more relevant in the booth than Bill Elliott was, or Kyle and Richard Petty were. And even though he's been away from racing, he still had more relevant comments to make. So maybe that's his way back into racing. I don't know. Hey, I think anybody would be better in the booth right now than Clint Boyer and Mike Joy. And, and you know, I've, I've, I have uh, taken up from Mike Joy. The mistakes are growing every week, and I believe Mike's just past, his, past that point to where he needs to carry a broadcast. And Clint Boyer definitely right. does not help Mike Joy in any form or fashion. And the third wheel doesn't even. Right. The way that Carl Edwards jailed and made everything, it was like this is the this is the Scott Goodyear, this is the James Hinchcliffe, this is the Connor Daly, like this is Daryl Waltrip, like this works. His voice is is soothing. He has interesting topics to talk about. Um, he's clear minded. He's very focused and and articulate. Um, those are all things that you're missing from the broadcast booth. And, like and everything, and and everything that he said and everything that Carl said, even though he admitted he didn't know this car, but everything that he said was still relevant to the racing. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I think, so I made a comment, and I know we only have a few minutes before we preview the All-Star Weekend because uh, we're starting to wind the show down. But anyways, um, my deal with Carl Edwards, and you guys hit on the mark, He, if he wants to come back to racing, SRX would be it. Now, I did make a comment in the chat saying, in my honest opinion, I would like to see Carl Edwards and Denny Hamlin run SRX full-time because and, and win at least one and hopefully more SRX championships. And the only reason why I say that is because they could be today's versions of Mark freaking Martin who are successful drivers in the NASCAR Cup Series but could not win a Cup championship but will win a championship somewhere else. Oh, yeah. For sure. Both the bridesmaids, right? <laughs> Uh, Carl Edwards, the bridesmaid of this era. I guess Denny Hamlin, the bridesmaid of this era. Um, that's a great. That's a great topic later on too. Can Denny Hamlin actually get that championship? You know, I, as we reminisce the good times of Carl Edwards, um, I, 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 his charisma always helps sell cousin Carl. I mean, for God's sake, we went from calling him Concrete Carl to cousin Carl. He's relatable, y'all. You don't just call somebody cousin Carl, and, and and if anybody remembers the inanimate object, 
Carl Edwards' teeth. That guy had like 30,000 followers on Twitter. Yeah, I swear that guy had a great-looking mouth. He really did. His <laughs> great teeth. <laughs> Carl Edwards needs – NASCAR needs Carl Edwards more than Carl Edwards needs NASCAR. Can I get everybody to agree with that? Amen. There you go. I believe that's I, I believe that sums it up there. I'm gonna see that backflip one more time. Maybe maybe yeah, it's already. Yeah. You know you're I mean, doing shoot, I mean I mean shoot we've known I mean, again, just throwing this out there, we've seen um drivers come at with the SRX, we sit here and say, when is this driver ever going to win again? And shoot, we look at Helio Castroneves, and after he won the Indy 500, he won an SRX race and did his usual victory climb the ladder deal. Uh, Ryan Newman, we haven't seen win a race in quite some years. Went to SRX, won a race, and everyone went bonkers over it. Um, Bobby Labonte. Mario Marco, same way. Um, Bobby Labonte was was the same way too. We could see cousin Charles, and you know, bring back the backflip. Cousin, cousin Charles looks like he's still limber enough to do a backflip. Amen. <laughs> Well, All right, guys. So let's wrap we're... things up. Kaz, you want to talk about uh, the All Star race and what the um, uh, picks are going to be this weekend? Yeah. So um, the All Star race this weekend and the All Star Open. Um, all the festivities start on Friday. Uh, there is a pit crew challenge that will happen at 5.30 p.m. Eastern on FS1, MRN Radio, and Sirius XM. Uh, the pit crew challenge will determine the lineups for the two heat races and the all-star, for the all-star race heat races and the all-star open race as well. Um, this will feature each team performing a four-tire pit stop with timing lines marked one pit stall behind and one ahead of the designated pit box. Fuelers will be in play for the pit stop as usual, but their fuel cans will be dry. Goal is easy. Quicker the pit stop, the higher up the field the team will start. Uh, There are 21 cars that are locked into the all-star race, and usually how you are into the all-star race is uh, simple. If you are a race winner from... The last season, and the and if you are a race winner from the current Cup season up on leading up to the All Star race, if you are a past Cup champion and running full time in the Cup series, and if you are a full time racer and have won an All Star race in the past, every other driver that does not meet those requirements will go into the All Star Open. The Open this year will take the top two 
uh, drivers, and of course there is a fan vote. Um, the fan vote driver um, will be basically fill in the final spot for the All-Star Race. The heat races will happen on Saturday, 7.20 p.m. Eastern on FS1, MRN, and Sirius XM. Two 60-lap heat races are set to fire off Saturday night with 11 cars in Heat 1 and 10 in Heat 2, each fighting for their starting positions in Sunday night's $1 million main event. The results of the first heat will set the inside row, and the results of the, heat, of the second heat will set the outside row. Um, all caution wrap laps will be counted throughout the heat. Each team slated to start on new, fresh tires with one additional set available on pit road. Um, Sunday will be the All-Star Open starting at 5.30 p.m. Eastern on FS1, MRN, and SiriusXM. The 16 drivers not yet locked into the main event will fight through this 100-lap event. Uh, the top two finishers of the Open will transfer to the All-Star race. They will start behind the heat. The the uh, they'll start at the tail end of the field of the all-star race and then of course the um, the fan vote will start dead last of the all-star race as well uh, the field will take the green flag at 8 p.m. for the all-star race it is a 200 lap main event for and of course 24 cars winner gets the one million dollar payday just like the heat, every lap will be counted with all competitors starting for the event on fresh tires. Teams will have three additional sets available to use on pit road, which will be open per standard race procedures. An all-star, all-star caution will signify the yellow flag at or around lap 100, the midway point of Sunday's big show. After the caution period, only one additional set of new sticker tires may be used throughout the duration of the event. As I mentioned earlier, the winner of the All-Star Race will, will become $1 million richer. Um, this week, we were going to take off of the NASCAR pool. However, thanks to the 110 Nation Sports, we are not the pool is not off this week. However, we are running the pool this week, but we're going to make a couple changes only because, and it's only going to be effect for this one week. The changes are simple. Instead of two groups like we normally do have been doing for the regular season, everyone's in one group. In terms of driver picks, only, and this is a first, driver picks is simple. First come, first serve. Only one driver can be picked. So, Say, for instance, Chris, if you pick Kevin Harvick, none of the other 13 competitors can pick Kevin Harvick. Um, the highest finisher um, of the picks chosen will, Curtis, will win a $25 gift card courtesy of the 110 Nation Sports. So if, so if you want your race... And, of course, the timing of when you make your picks. You cannot make your picks earlier than 8 a.m., and if you, if you do, your pick will not count. So if you, pick, if you send in your pick before 8 a.m. Eastern tomorrow morning, it does not count. Um, you'll be told your pick does not count. Please repick. If you, um, if you do not make the third, the Thursday 8 p.m. deadline or the Friday 8 p.m. deadline, 
depending on if you are making a an original pick or a repick, uh, you do not you are not in the uh, in the chance to get that twenty five dollar prize. We will definitely be busy on the NASCAR pool this week. Um, in terms of favorites, contenders, underdogs, um, based on the the betting odds I've been looking at, the top five favorites, I kind of listed five favorites, five underdogs, everybody else is a contender. Um, based on betting odds, the top five that are listed as favorites, Kyle Larson, Kevin Harvick, William Byron, Christopher Bell, Martin Truex Jr., the five I have listed as underdogs. Uh, right now, Chase Briscoe, Daniel Suarez, Austin Dillon, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., Eric Jones. I've listed these drivers as contenders right now. Uh, Ross Chastain, Denny Hamlin, Joey Logano, Chase Elliott, Kyle Busch, Ryan Blaney, Tyler Reddick, Brad Keselowski, and Bubba Wallace. Um, I know that's a lot of information to take in. And as far as the NASCAR pool... Uh, update I will post uh, on the Race Chat Live tomorrow morning when the pool is open to email your picks. So again, you have an, you have 8 a.m. Eastern tomorrow morning to start making your pick, and you have until Thursday 8 p.m. Eastern to get it in. If you are told to do a repick, um, you have until Friday the extended time of 8 p.m. Eastern as well. How will you utilize somebody who tries to do multiple picks? Will multiple picks be allowed? I don't think they should be. So, there's, so as I said, there's no duplicate picks, right? So, right. So that, but so what if Chris, somebody what, says that this is my primary pick, but this is my secondary pick? I don't think that that should be allowed. I think that that gives the chance that that gives if that gives the that that once again leaves a race back to who can get the fastest email in. That is up. You would have to talk to Mr. CJ Sports, who's basically the. I'm just the guy that runs the train. Uh, And (laughs) no guys that this race does not affect our points in no. our right yeah Ooh. this is not okay. a points this is not a points race so it will not add or subtract points to the pool either this is simply a fun little $25 uh gift card giveaway um Chris to answer your question I don't have an answer for you because I'm not the guy that wrote the rule book well I, and I wrote and also book, I <laughs> and also uh, Carolina Sports is is also throwing in there, and I don't have it in front of me, but oh, there's something yes. that they're throwing in as well. So the winner, so the winner or the highest place finisher will not only win a twenty-five dollar gift card courtesy of One Ten Nation Sports. They will also receive uh, 10 free raffle tickets into Carolina Sports Plus raffle prize that they are giving away, I believe, the second Friday of the month, which I believe is in, like, two, three days from now. 
or or it's either it's either going to be this coming Friday or it's next month that of this raffle that's happening. Um, we'll we'll get those two things cleared up through Mr. CJ as soon as possible, and those details will be out um, tomorrow morning as well. Well, all right. What a show! What a show! Uh, hope that everybody uh, will there. Will there won't be a show next Tuesday? Correct. We don't do a show after the All Star race because it's not. Uh, is that is that true or is that? Um, I'm not sure. I I think that for the last couple of years we've taken that show off, have we not? I believe we have. All right, we'll make that decision okay. this week. If we don't come back, if we don't come back next Tuesday, I don't have personally anything planned. But uh, you know, it's it's really it's it could be interesting, I guess, to talk about Northwoods. So we'll make that decision. Uh, I remember last year it was Texas, and we were like, "Hey, let's just have the week off." But uh, so that that'll be something that we need to discuss. Uh, we may not have a show next week. We may have. We'll let you guys know. Don't don't worry. If we don't have a show on, then we'll replay a good show that we've had in the past. Uh, any other last thoughts or anything? Um, unfortunately, the, the rain out uh, on the TV, so um, no ASA uh, qualifying on flow racing. Thank you guys for listening to the show. I'm going to send it to Ty Taylor. going to close it out for us. Thank you, Mr. Lee. Much love. We'll uh, gather on about uh, next week, later on in, in the week. All right, everyone. Thank- All right, everyone. Thank you for listening along to Race Chat Live here on Blog Talk Radio. If you ever miss us for a live show, you can catch us on any form of podcast, such as Blog Talk Radio, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, RSS Feed, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, GeoSaven, Podcast Addict, Caesar, Podchaser, and on YouTube. Thank you to our sponsors that make the 110 Nation Sports Roll, Phoenix Fitness, Fair Bowl market talk group carolina sports plus tnt designs yellow caution flag productions and margin music karaoke and entertainment we want to say thank you everyone for listening along to race chat live we may see you next tuesday night we may not if if we don't we'll see you in two weeks same bat time same pat place here on blog talk radio this has been the caution flag of racing radio chris creighton the dj music man craig moore who's going to take a few weeks off for personal deals. We're not going to get into it. Um, of course, the Mama Bear of the 110 Nation, Miss Lee Reed, I'm the Tasmanian Devil Flagger. Taz Taylor saying good night. We'll see y'all either next week or in two weeks from now. Have a good night. Good night, everybody.
Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.